0: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast. We watch a randomly segmented horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. How have you been, Ben? You know, I'm very tired, but I've been okay. Are you are you sure you're okay? I mean, like yeah, but we're 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 chugging along. Okay. It's the end of the semester, so there's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> how was uh how was work on Friday? It was fine. Mm-hmm. Bob didn't come in the work. No, I wasn't there. For anyone who's wondering. uh, Bob's a a bad worker, so he just doesn't come in a lot. I'm not a bad worker. What are you talking about? I was busy. We're not Um, even going to get into this because (laughs) I don't want to, like, flame you on the podcast. What do you mean, flame you on the podcast? Bob, you've been on suspension for nine months. Yeah, so? (laughs) That's not a normal thing. But I'm not on suspension anymore. Did you schedule a, what, a vacation? Yeah. I had, okay. I had an extra one. Just making sure. If yeah. Bob had called out, he would have been on suspension for another six months. And I would get my Collins back he on He didn't the first. tell anyone, so we, we were all trying to figure out if he was screwing himself. No, I wouldn't do that. I looked and saw that I had six vacation days, and I was like, I only need five because I want to take the week I move off work. Anyways. So then I was like, I have one extra, and I really don't want to go into work tonight. I would rather like work on stuff because I've been busy working away at the podcast, Ben. It's what I was doing, to be honest. Like, actually. That's what Bob does outside of work. <laughs> work on this podcast. That's, That's my it. one thing I do. It's his other podcast, but we don't talk about that here. No, we do sometimes. Actually, so, hold on. Speaking of my other podcast. Don't Cotton you dare. Don't you dare. What? I don't know. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, <gasps> me and Cotton talked about this. I know you probably haven't heard of this. Have you ever heard of something called... I'm already going off talk. We haven't gotten to the show yet, but it's fine. Something called the Mandela Videos... Or Mandela Catalog, I guess. I think is what it Oh, called. the uh, analog videos on YouTube? Yeah. The analog horror? Cotton wants me and you and him to get together and watch those for an episode of the show. And I told him, I was like, we don't watch stuff like that. We watch movies, Cotton. I would like to do stuff like that at some point, but currently, yeah, that's not what we do. That's what I said. I was like, maybe for extra content at some point. But like, not right now, man. There's plenty of fun internet horror stuff. There's tons of fun but, horror stuff, but it's just uh, not... We are a, a movie podcast? Yeah. I think first we are a movie podcast, and then we are a horror podcast. Right? I think that's the order of things. Like, I could see us doing... yeah. Because if we were a horror first, we could have do a bunch of things, but yeah. we're a movie podcast. Like, I could see us watching a non-horror movie on this podcast pretty easily. Like, if it's good. I don't want to. I mean, we get thrillers and stuff. I mean, yeah. we're specifically, like, the horror subgenre. but I tend to be pretty open with that definition. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, God. We watched something recently, and I was like, that wasn't a horror movie. What was that? Oh, oh wait. No. That, oh, never no, mind. No, that hasn't come out yet. But that, that's like, not. Wait no, a hold second. Hold on. I can't say we that. We recorded that, but that hasn't been released. I yeah. don't know when that's going to come out. I haven't even looked at it. There were some issues. We might have had a whole scuffed recording session. Well, the, uh, here's a little hint for anyone who's interested. We started a uh, a recording session for some extra content. Yeah. And we got about halfway through the things we were doing. And we had to stop. Yeah. So we have to finish it at some point. We just haven't. We have a half-recorded episode, a full episode, and then an episode we haven't even recorded yet. Yeah. In a three-part series we wanted to do that we are not have not going to release on time. No. Like, I don't even know when those are supposed to come out. They'll come out whenever they're done. They'll come but out we whenever just, we get it. We had set aside time, and time for us is really hard to get. But back to <laughs> and your original question. then we wasted a whole day. Of how work oh. was. Oh, God. It was fine. There was we didn't do anything. Okay. I was um, just curious 'cause it's Trent came home at I don't know, five thirty in the morning and he seemed pissed. Yeah, so uh we left before Trent did. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my god. Because uh our area and his area were like staging. Mm-hmm. And we just took and we had like fifty things to bring in. Yeah. We took twenty five, bailed. Oh, well. And then they had to take the rest. That works. But we took it first, so Mm. I think we left like 30 minutes before they did. Yeah, it just seemed really bad. Uh I will mention well it uh, was. We didn't do anything for the whole night. So we just sat around mm. and it was And then you got fucked? We didn't even No, it was just it was a bore. Fair enough. Just slow and boring. The only thing I regret about not going in is our supervisor sent me a picture of what he was wearing. Oh, he was wearing the um oh my god, what's it called? Uh I know what it is. I'm not going to say it since you've already decided you're going to say what it is. What is it? It's the Dragon Ball character. Yeah, it's a Dragon the Ball Z Splinter? character. Splinter? No. Not Splinter. Perfect Cell. He was wearing oh, a was hat that's shaped like Perfect Cell's head. And he sent me a picture, and I've never laughed so hard in my life. All right. Well, you are ready to, to choose a topic, Bob? I don't want to. I know. I won't. I refuse. We'll sit here. All right. I'm going to choose a topic. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're really trying to rush recording today, Ben. Not like we have a time limit done. or anything. Okay. So... Uh I've chosen from Japanese horror. I've chosen from the Wild Wild West. Leaves me with one area to choose from. So I'm going to choose cosmic horror. It's not cosmic horror. Sorry. I like HP Lovecraft stories. Yeah. Stories. I, they're very interchangeable for me, which Well, sucks. the words are interchangeable normally, but, but we were very case... specific about it has to be an adaptation of a Lovecraft <clears throat> work. So, yeah. I have all three spots to choose from, Ben. I've yep. never Oh god, so many choices to make. Spot number 3. What's in spot number three, Ben? It can't be that bad. I mean, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. Yeah. Give me something that I've at least heard of, maybe. Or maybe something I'm excited to watch. Eh, So, (laughs) today, we're going to watch From Beyond. (laughs) Okay. Which you haven't heard of, I see. No, I have no idea what that is. That's none of the movies I was expecting. No. That's exciting, though. What were you expecting? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I, <laughs> I was would... like, it's not what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting anything. But... It's not that I wasn't expecting anything. It's more than I was expecting to at least recognize the name, a little bit. Well, it's a 1986 movie. It's from the 80s. That is, hold on, let me think about this. Two 86 movies in a row in terms of episode releases because last Saturday was April Fools, which came out in 86, and this came out in 86. In terms of releases, not in terms of actual episodes. Like, because, you know, the one before that was Tetsuo, which was 89. Yeah, but that was the board episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, anyways. two eighty sixes in a row is all I have to say in terms of release order. I mean, sure, I guess. But one of those was an extra movie, so it doesn't count. It totally counts, man. With that being said, you ready for the description, Bob? Sure. A glimpse into another dimension. Awesome. That's exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> well, that's great. That's exactly what <laughs> that's I what wanted. What you getting, man? What a good birthday present. <laughs> it's not your birthday. It's nowhere near my birthday. Well, actually, it is kind of close to my birthday. All right, it's one hour and twenty-five minutes long. What is it with short movies? What do you mean short movies? Not short, but shorter. An hour and a half is average. No, but like it's slightly shorter than like you know, and it's not an hour and thirty minutes. It's an hour and twenty-five. Yeah, that's pretty last, normal. Last week's movie was an hour and seven. Well, that's because it was bad. No. What? Which one of these movies hasn't come out yet. Are you referring to the one that hasn't come out yet? No, I'm talking about the movie that came out, oh, Tetsuo. Tetsuo. Oh, that's because it was super low budget. Yeah, I know. They didn't have the money to pay for any more film. When you said it was bad, I was like, huh? <laughs> no, that one's good. That's a good movie. I'm referring to the other one. Oh, the other one I like. other one's a it's perfect objectively movie. Objectively not a no, good movie. perfect movie. Pretty sure it's an hour and a half anyway. <laughs> Whatever. It's rated R. IMDb scores. You ready? Bob, stop laughing. <laughs> don't to don't stop laughing. Be focused. God damn you. <laughs> I'm focused. Sorry. It made me laugh because you're just upset that you don't like the movie. That you didn't like the movie. Oh, no. I like that movie. Yeah. You're upset that you have a bad opinion about that movie. No, it's just things can be objectively not great and you can still have a good time watching them. No one has any context for this. We need to shut the fuck up. That I know. That episode hasn't come out yet. It comes out Sunday. It'll come out on Easter. Yep. Yeah. So, cool. what we're talking about is our Easter hey, episode. Hey, surprise. There's an Easter episode. We already announced that, I think. Well, now they're getting it again. Uh, IMDb scores. Okay. Our review scores. But specifically, IMDb 6.6 out oh, of 10. That's not, not bad. Tomato meter. You ready? Yep. 80%. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Audience score? 70%. Ooh, okay. All right, Ben. Okay. We're getting a good movie. <laughs> Bob is not so hyped, and now he's up there. Well, listen. Some. Okay. I. How's it about this? Even if a movie is scary. It, if it has good review scores, I usually have a good time. No, I know, but and that excites me. I was just laughing at your your energy went from zero the hero right there Well because Pulled I, a Hercules <laughs> it's a good song. <laughs> I just I get worried when we get a movie that's not good and when things have bad review scores, either they're terrible and I have a bad time or they're so bad that it's fun. You mean like our movie last? <laughs> no, well, that movie the is per- movie? that movie's perfect, <laughs> so I don't want to hear your mouth but it has our historically lowest review score ever. No, it does. Does it really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does, Sorry, you'll have the context on Sunday. Oh, Jesus Christ. Probably not going to get topped, too. No, I don't think it will, but it's definitely funny. All right. So for awards, it has three wins and four nominations. Oh, okay. The three wins are from one film festival and... I'm going to mispronounce a bunch of stuff because it is a foreign film festival. Okay. But it's the Sitges Catalonian International Film Festival. Whoa, okay. Um, That sounds really official. And this was the one in 1986. So the first two awards are the Caixa de Catalunya. And so the first one is to Richard Band for Best Original Soundtrack. And the second one's the same type of award. And it's to John Nolan and Anthony Dublin for Best Special Effects. Oh. I assume that's just the award for that festival, probably because it's in uh, Catalonian. Mm-hmm. The name of it, okay. Couldn't find a translation for it. That's great. Uh, Google Translate doesn't like Catalonian apparently, or it's just like not proper nouns. I have no. no idea. No, it is proper nouns and not improper nouns. Is that how it works? Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not the English. It doesn't major have an of English translation. I couldn't find. Uh, and then the last one was the prize of the Catalan Screenwriters, Critic, and Writers Association, and that went to Stuart Gordon. Okay, so it won a special effects award, it won a soundtrack award, and then it won a writing award. Yes. Okay, that's a pretty good spread of awards to win. Mm-hmm. Like that just means it's overall it's pretty good, I think. It's a weird film festival though to get all these awards at. Yeah, I, that feels like the Catalonian Film Festival. That feels like it shouldn't be horror like related, well, I guess. Right. No. It might just be at the General Film Festival. Maybe. So, which I have no idea. No issue with that. No? I have no problem with the Catalonian Film Festival. It's just interesting that that's where all the awards for this film came from. Yeah. How popular is this movie besides us watching it right now? It's okay. Like, I don't know what popularity this movie is at. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, how many people have probably, like, been exposed to this. I'd assume not a huge amount. Okay. If you know the director, mm-hmm. probably. Okay. Because sometimes we watch a movie that's like really like popular and then it'll get a shit ton of awards from a shit ton of different festivals. And sometimes we get ones where it's like it was only at these festivals and it won like best picture. No, this is decently big. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Especially because it's a, a Lovecraft adaptation. Mm-hmm. That was what um, I assumed would probably get this more popular is because people have heard the name before and stuff like that, you know? Notable actors. Okay. Firstly, my man, Jeffrey Combs. I don't know who that is. Oh, that's fine. Crawford Tillingast, that's who he's playing in this. He's also played Milton Dahmer's in The Frighteners. Which have you ever seen The Frighteners, Bob? No, I haven't. Not really a horror movie. Okay. I think you'd like it though. It has Michael J. Fox, I believe that's who it is, playing a um like a psychic who can see ghosts. Okay. But he's running like a scam where he has his two friend ghosts, like, haunt a place, and then he like Clears them out. Oh my for pay. God! Jesus Christ! And you'll see Jeffrey Combs in this film. I love him because he knows how to be perfectly over the top. And in that movie, he is so over the top, and it's beautiful. Oh my Lord! <laughs> if we ever do horror comedy, do you think that would go? That could go in there. Maybe. Is it not? It's not really a horror. Not film horror enough. Okay. By our standards, but I could still slip it in if I really wanted to. Okay. Interesting. That might be something I just watch in my free time. Maybe. Let me let me check it out first okay. to make sure it won't go on here. I haven't seen that film since I was little, so I don't really. Oh remember. yeah, so I assume it's probably like smaller kid friendly, or were you just know, like watching I, movies I, you weren't supposed to. I watched a lot of films when I was younger, including Jaws and Jurassic oh, yeah, that's Park. True. Well, Jurassic Park is for kids, yeah, <laughs> lightly for kids. Yeah. There are some moments in that movie that scared me as a kid. Next one, Barbara Crampton as Doctor Catherine McMichael's. Uh, she's also played Aubrey in Your Next. Good movie. I like that one. Uh, Ted Sorrell as Dr. Edward Pretorius. Uh, he's also played Giannini and Network. Ken Forey as Bubba Brown Lee. <laughs> he's played, very famously, Peter in Dawn of the Dead. We haven't seen Dawn of the Dead yet. No, but it's the second one. Okay. <clears throat> and he plays, like, one of the main characters. Okay. Does a very good job of it. But, obviously, Bob doesn't have a reference for that, so. No, nope, I, that's the thing about this show, man. Yeah. We talked about this the other Bob, day. Bob bitches to me about this all the time at work where he's like, at first I wasn't in the horror and I don't watch movies. So I was like, you know what? A concept where I have to watch movies with you sounds like a great idea. Yeah. But now that he's into it, he's like, I hate you and I hate this podcast. I can't watch anything on my own. It sucks so bad because I'm just like, I just want to be able to turn on Shutter. Well, because unless I give Bob an okay of- we are basically never gonna do this movie on the podcast. Exactly. He can't. I can't touch it because yeah. then it ruins the concept of the podcast. He can't even like look up actors. No, or, I can't like, directors God or writers awful. because if he sees like a movie, he's like, oh, maybe I'll look at that. And then yep. spoilers. No, I just it's awful. It's like. It's the worst situation to be in because I want to watch these things. I'm just like, I want to be able to pop on Shutter, find something to watch, and watch it. But I can't do that because what if it's on the podcast and then I go, well, I've seen this. Yep. It's horrible. What a no-good, terrible, bad time. It's great for me. It, well, it's not great for you. It just means I'm more upset during the podcast. Right, which is great for, for me. you because I think that's kind of funny. <sighs> and then finally, Carolyn Purdy-Gordon as Dr. Block. <laughs> Dr. Block. I think it's, it could be Blotch. It's B-L-O-C-H. Okay. It's probably blo- Block. Um, Would be my guess. But at the time of this movie, she was married to the director. Oh, okay. Heads up. Uh, But she's also been in... She's played Rosemary Bauer in Dolls. Uh, I thought you were going to say... Ro- I didn't know. I've never seen... What is it? Rosemary's Baby? Rosemary's Baby. That's very, very good. But that's not the movie she was in. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. I thought she was Rosemary and Rosemary's Baby. So, the directors? Stuart Gordon... He has directed other H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Oh, really? Uh, Well, that's cool. One of his more recent ones was Dagon in 2001. Okay. That's when an, you said recent, I was like, oh. But that's an adaptation of uh, Shadow Over Innsmouth. Oh, yeah, because Dagon is like the entity or whatever that makes the it's, fish uh, people. Ooh, I don't want to say anything and be wrong here. I th- think it might be an old one. It's like a god figure, but it lives. Yeah, in the ocean, deep right? Deep under the ocean. hmm I have to specify that it is an adaptation of Shadow or Innsmouth, because there is Dagon, which is like an actual short story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not that one. Okay. Specifically Shadow or Innsmouth. Although that one's set in, I think, a a Spanish fishing village instead of in the United States. Whoa, that's cool. Just because I think it's... I haven't seen that one, but I think the setting's more modern. Okay, that's interesting. It's supposed to be a wild, but a fun adaptation. Like, pretty decent. Okay. Uh, The writers of this, there's a couple. Uh, Stuart Gordon. Helped write this, uh, but he gets credited specifically as adaptation. So, oh okay, huh. I'm not sure what that means. My guess is he is familiar with the source material and helped the sc- the screenwriter kind of like chug along and make sure it's accurate. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Basically, um, it's sort of like a consultant to make it work better. Yeah, and to give him plot points and everything. Yeah, yeah, to make it fit like the Lovecraft story vibe. Yeah, my my guess is he was very familiar with the content and then made sure the screenwriter. Did a good job. That makes total sense. Stuart Gordon, his other writing credit uh, that we're going to talk about right now is The Dentist, which is a horror movie about a dentist. I about to say I've heard of this. I've Uh, heard of The Dentist. The guy who plays The Dentist is very famously for me, the dad from Psych. Oh, I haven't seen Psych. I know, but you know that was me. God bless. Which I think is very funny because I'm I'm familiar with that show, so when I saw that movie for the first time, it was like, oh, ha, (laughs) it's you. Uh, Another writer, Brian Usena, Same thing as Stuart Gordon, where he has an adaptation credit. Uh, He also has a story by credit on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Whoa, that's weird. Same thing as Stuart Gordon. Whoa, okay. Huh. And then the last one here is Dennis Paoli. Uh, He has an adaptation and a screenplay credit. Okay. All Uh, right. He's also done the 1993 adaptation of Body Snatchers. Was that Lovecraft. No. Okay, I didn't know if that was a Lovecraft thing or not. I don't. I've never. I've never heard of body snatchers. Like I've heard of body snatchers, but I don't know who. What there's the a, source material there's is. There's a bunch of body snatchers. The movie he did is Body Snatchers. Yeah. The 1993 one. Mm-hmm. It's based on a book. I forget what the exact name of it is, but there's been a ton, a ton, a ton of adaptations okay. of that book. Okay. Like ten or eleven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, with that being said, all these guys work together a lot. Okay. So I tried to grab one thing from each of them, but all three of them were in a bunch of projects together. That makes sense. That's really cool. I say this all the time. I love when people making movies work with the same people on different projects because it means they have a level of fami- familiarity with the project and also the people and it means they can work to their strengths well, and you, make a better piece of media. It's also nice because you can tell these guys get along. Exactly. Also, like, it's just, just nice to work with your friends. Quality levels probably similar. Exactly. Budget estimated about Four million five hundred thousand dollars. That's pretty okay. So four point five. Okay, not uh, terrible. Box office is one point two six one million. Oof. Yeah. That sucks, man. I, every time we hear about a mon- a movie losing money, I get sad. Every yeah. time. Every time. A hundred percent of the time. It kind of makes sense though. Like Lovecraft is a pretty big name today, but that's not really always been the case. I mean, yeah, this was back in the eighties. Well, like. I think the reason Lovecraft is so big today is Cthulhu. Yeah, but more as like a pop culture icon, not as in people have read the story. I think just people know who Cthulhu is and they For know sure. who made it, mm-hmm. but they have no familiarity outside of that. Yeah, I mean that's how I know it, right? Yeah, I, I mean I think the only other reason people know it who haven't read the stories is like things that are inspired by it, like yeah, some of the Bloodborne same. stuff or uh, what is that show Lovecraft Country. That was on HBO Max. Or just straight up, like, RPGs or spinoff material. Yeah, well, a big one for me is RPGs. But if you go around asking, I don't think a lot of people have actually read it. Like, I've played Call of Cthulhu. (laughs) Yeah. Point being, I don't think there's a big market for, like, adaptations. Mm. You know? Kind of sucks, because I think it's definitely interesting. Oh, it's interesting, but they don't always adapt well. Let's just leave it at that. Fair enough. Uh, Country of Origin, United States, alternate titles. H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. Okay, just throwing his name on top. That's the complete title in the U.S. The complete title in Spain, I thought was pretty interesting. H.P. Lovecraft's Resonator. Resonator? Yeah, it's Resonator, but R-E dash Sonator. Huh. Resonator, but... Interesting, okay. Um. But then in parentheses, from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Tagline? Okay. Hit me. Humans are such easy prey. Okay. You know what? That's cool. I'm excited about this because I am assuming we're getting some type of Lovecraftian monster movie, which we have not had a monster movie in a minute, and that excites me. What was our last monster movie? Fuck. I don't fucking know. Splinter? Besides the one we watched last week that's coming out on Easter. That's technically a monster (laughs) movie. Um, Uh, I I was thinking cool monster Splinter. I guess, but that's not really a monster. That's more like a parasite. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I guess it makes monsters, but it doesn't feel the same, you know? Yeah. I guess Dreamcatcher was after that, and that's technically a monster movie. Yeah, more, I would just call that more of an alien movie. We haven't really gotten a good monster. That's movie. what I'm saying. We haven't had a good monster movie in a minute. And the, honestly, I think the beginning of this podcast was mostly monster movies. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I mean, I would say wreck. Oh, I uh, no, but that's more of a zombie movie. Yeah, I consider zombies monsters. I I think the whole thing with monster movies, you get something very specific to that film. Yeah, that that film invented, but also like it's usually one. Yeah, I'm excited to see what From Beyond has to give me. All right, you want some fun facts about this film? I'll accept your fun facts, Benjamin. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> why did <laughs> you get sad when I said that? All right, so this film was shot in Italy with an Italian crew. Well, that explains why I did so well. Specifically okay. as a money-saving measure. What? Catalonia isn't in Italy. Oh, no, it's think. In, sp- is it in Spain. I think it's its own country. Is it? Right? Are Catalonian's sp- a language. Yeah, but there are plenty of. Hold on, now I now I feel dumb and want to Google things. Oh, and it's an autonomous community of Spain. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay, cool. I knew I knew that it, there was something interesting about Catalonia, and I didn't. I could also couldn't remember if it was Italian or Spanish. But that has no relation to it being shot in Italy. Well, it's closer to Spain. I mean, yes, but which is more of a thing of like in my in my mind at least, if someone's filming a movie and you know the movie's coming out, and you live nearby where the movie was filmed, you're more enticed to see it, because you're like, oh, that's near here. Yeah, but that's not that near. That, I mean, it's a couple countries away, yeah. but still. That's like saying being shot in the United States and being like, wow, I'm kind of interested in that, because it came out in the <laughs> United States. <laughs> I was trying to make myself look a little less stupid. Well, that's kind of hard. It is hard. Anyways, it was shot there as a money-saving measure. That's interesting. Gordon has said that to make the film in America with, like, an American crew, the film would have cost, like, $15 million. Oh, my compared God. Compared to, like, the Holy estimated four. That's Because it's cheaper to do things elsewhere. That makes sense. Why most films aren't shot here anymore. That has more to do with taxes, which is very frustrating. Because mm-hmm. it'd be cool to have all our movies shot in the States. Uh, it would, but it's unlikely. Yeah. Basically, everyone realized that, oh, they're shooting a lot of movies here. Let's raise the taxes so they pay us more money for shooting here. Yep. And then all the movies went, or we go to a country that hasn't tried to do that. And we make more money. And we make more money. And those countries realized if we don't raise, like, the taxes on stuff, we'll make more money in the long run because people will keep shooting here. Frustrating all decisions. Those, um, all of that happened, like, fairly recently, like, where all the taxes went up and stuff because, like, originally a lot of movies were filmed here. Yeah, I think it's been, like, the last 20 years. It's been, like, yeah. a gradual possession. But it's it's just a very frustrating one. It's definitely annoying. it's, like, it's a self-created situation. Yeah. And I would love to see more of our stuff shot here. All right. This film was shot at the Dino Kita uh, soundstage in Rome, uh, which was built by Dino De Laurentiis, uh, who was one of like the really big names in Italian cinema after World War II. Oh, okay, that's cool. Like really, really big. I got I got a couple different numbers from IMDb and Wikipedia, uh, but Wikipedia mentions he's like produced and co-produced. Like, 500 films. um, I could only find 128 listed on IMDb. Holy shit. But still. That's a fuck ton of movies. He has, like, 34 Academy Award nominations. Oh, my Lord. What um, the hell? Although IMDb only listed, I think, like, 26 or so. But he won, like, 24 of them. 24 different awards, specifically. Not all Academy Awards. Like, pretty, pretty big deal. That is a prestigious person. But he Holy worked shit. a lot as, like, a producer. Like I said, co-produce and produce. But mm-hmm. very famously, at least for us, not for everyone else, but he produced Flash Gordon. Oh. <laughs> okay. I know where you were going with that, but then you said Flash Gordon, and all I can think about was the theme song again. Flash. Uh, it's all brilliant. we can do. <laughs> I, that I can't include anymore, so this won't go on the Internet. Uh, this film, so, from beyond. Was shot at the same time as another of Gordon's film, Dolls. Shooting two movies at once? Yeah, that's very common. That seems wild to me. It's very common, though. Okay. Just because, like, you can't shoot every day, usually. Sometimes you do. But, like, shooting doesn't take that long in the grand scheme of things. You know, you can get a movie shot in sometimes, like, ten days. It's, like, insane. That's wild. I don't know. I just, I guess for me, I have a very, very hard time of multitasking, (laughs) and the idea of working on two different movies at once stresses me. No, let me say it's impressive. I'm just saying it's like you can do it, and I, I'm sure it happens more than we think, but probably it's just the idea of splitting your time between two different movies when you're like directing and like working on the scripts and stuff is crazy. Oh, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't either. I barely wanted to do two podcasts, for fuck's sake. It's a whole fuck ton of work. Well, that's a separate issue. Well, you know. But yeah, he did it at the same time as Dolls, which, again, I was getting some weird stuff on. The date of Dolls' release on IMDb is listed as 1986. Other places, it's dated as 1987, so I don't know what's happening there. Maybe it had like a staggered release or something? Maybe. In different countries? So either it released the same year as this film or a year after. Okay. That's it. weird. Yeah. But if you remember right, his wife at the time was also in that one. Yeah. Rosemary. She played Rosemary Bauer. Have you seen that movie? Dolls? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. I I mean, it's a creepy doll movie. Yeah, okay. That's what I was going to say. I assume it's a creepy doll movie. This is what it sounds like, at least. Which is a subgenre where I'm kind of meh on. The only creepy doll movies I have any interest in are Child's Play. Yeah, the Child's Play franchise is the one that comes to mind, and it also, quality-wise, stands above the rest. Yeah. I mean, I've seen one of them. The first one? No, I've seen The Bride of Chucky. It's the only one I've seen. Oh, that one's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I like when he blew that guy up with the car. It was cool. You know, it's those movies that I had a horrible fear of dolls as a child, but that movie didn't cure it. But I went, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's fine. okay. I like Child's Play, but we'll save that until we do the Child's Play franchise. Yeah, point. I want to do it because I want to see all of them. Well, you just have to pick a category where we can cover it. <sighs> all right. Uh, Gordon used real medical advisors in the film to make sure actions taken by doctors and nurses looked realistic and to try and follow proper medical procedure while doing so. I fucking claps off. Like, I know. Like, little attention's to, to detail, right? That's fucking awesome. I love small shit like that. Because it just does a lot to make things it, look better. It does a lot to make the film feel more real, and that adds to the terror. But, uh, like, it helps. But it's a big deal because it's not hard. No, it's not. It's just that little bit of extra effort, right? Like you're not it's like when you don't cut corners when you're doing something. It's mm-hmm. like taking the time to make sure that it's as good as it possibly can yeah. be. I mean, it's and more I appreciate complicated, that. which I get why people don't do it. Exactly. It is it's a small thing. Very small. Most people won't notice, but for the people who do. Exactly. It's like, "Oh, look at that." I mean, that's why the like medical scenes in The Exorcist are so good. Are so good. Is because they're basically real. Yeah, because they got actual people performing their actual jobs. It's cool. It adds a layer of, like... Well, history, because they yeah. don't do those techniques anymore, and they it's, watch that film, and they're like, oh, this is what they did in the 70s. We didn't know that. It's cool. It's really cool. All right, next one. Uh, multiple different special effects teams worked on this film. I found one place that said four, but it might have been more than that. Holy I shit. I couldn't tell. Like, I couldn't double-check it like I normally like to. That's a lot of different teams of people for the special effects on this movie. But apparently... The cost of effects was so high that, according to uh, Usna, the film ran out of money before the special effects for the finale could finish. Oh, that sucks. Which I think is very funny. Oh, God. I hope the finale's still good. Gordon has gone on record saying that securing an R rating for this film was rather difficult because the MPAA told him that the cumulative result of the film's content led to a higher rating uh, rather than a specific scene. Um, Oh, Interesting. Therefore, to receive an R rating, Gordon was forced to submit multiple cuts of the film, with each one only making small trims to the film rather than cutting entire sequences. Uh, eventually, he did receive an okay on a cut uh, by the MPAA with the stipulation that Gordon remove a very specific frame, and then oh. it would be good. I will say that Gordon has gone on record... Since his film's release, to say that he believes that these cuts made the film better. Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, I was about to bitch about the MPAA. Solely because they left more to the imagination uh, and left the practical effects under less scrutiny because they were on the screen for a little bit less. I think this is an interesting story because sometimes when you cut things, it can help. Less is more. Yeah, and I, I, it's a fun time to go, I know we don't necessarily like the MPAA. I There's d- a reason they I should don't. exist. There is. They make me mad, but a they lot. can make us mad sometimes. However, sometimes what they ask you to do can be helpful. Yeah, very rarely, fair. but it it can happen. I learned. I think I learned the lesson of less is more very recently uh, on the podcast when it comes to editing. <laughs> Doing less editing is better for the flow. Oh. I learned. I thought you were going to say about movies, and I was <clears> like, oh, okay, no, Which one? I. You all may have listeners, hello hi audience. you may have noticed uh, the flow of the podcast may have gotten a lot better. it's because I realized I was cutting too much and I became very janky and I started cutting less and I found that it helps the flow. We're learning as we go. I'm learning yeah Ben's learning with everything you know yeah well yeah that's why I think this has gotten better as a show than our first episode uh, well I think I li- listen I listened to our first episode recently and I think it holds up it's yeah okay but like our recent episodes are better. Our recent episodes are better. Just, you know, just small tips here and there. the small things, Ben. All right. With that being said, there does exist an unrated director's cut. That's what I wanted to hear. uh, Of the film that does feature, like, the removed scenes. Fuck yeah. As Mm. they were originally, like, shot. Maybe after this I'll go buy it. We'll find out. Yeah. It's offered. I didn't look it up, so I don't know the very specific specifics but i think Screambox offers the unrated director's cut as a double feature with the theatrical cut oh that's so actually really nice yeah yeah that's really cool i think the article i was reading said double feature so i assume it meant okay that's really both. really nice actually and then finally well there's not a true sequel there is a sequel miniseries of this film that exists titled the resonator miskatonic you i mean you know go miskatonic which is written and directed by william butler I don't know about I don't know any of that. Miskatonic's a university in the uh, world of H. P. Lovecraft. Ah, it's like big deal. Okay, didn't know. Have that. You ever seen a T-shirt that's like, you know, Miskatonic University? Nope. No. Nope. Never no. seen it. Well, it's a Lovecraft thing. Okay, makes sense. A lot of a lot of his stories are set in similar places and areas. He likes to reuse stuff. Yeah, they're basically all set in the United States, but like he adds. Certain places, but when he adds stuff, he likes to reference and reuse it again. I mean, just how... Same way that Stephen King uses Daryl the goddamn time. Exactly. The exact and same Miskatonic way. University is one of, like... That's a a university he made specifically for his world, and so whenever he wants to use the university, he basically just uses Miskatonic. That, that's cool, though. Like, I like when authors call back to stuff like that. It's useful, because it makes... When you can tie all of your things to the same universe and make them run by the same rules, it feels more, when you're going between book to book, it feels less jarring. Yeah, but I, I think it's a, a fun way to world build where you go, it's our world, and then there's these extra places where weird things happen. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. That's all I got for like pre-movie facts <sighs> before right. we start, because this is kind of an important part of this category. This is based on... A Lovecraft story. Like, we know that from the get-go. Uh-huh. Opened the gate with that one. It's based on H.P. Lovecraft's short story, From Beyond. So, exact same title. Okay. uh, Which was written in 1920 and published in the Fantasy Fan in June 1934. It's a magazine, correct? Yes. That's how most... Well, that's how basically all of Lovecraft stuff got published. But a lot of fiction in the early 20th century came out in magazines. It was very, 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 very common. I read From Beyond this morning. Oh my god, did you really? Yeah. Is it how short is it? I've been it? up for a while. <laughs> how... It's it's super duper 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 short. Okay. Like cuz I was wondering. Really short and like this is a an adaptation in themes. Oh. You know what Lord. I'm saying? And like content, but it's a it's a short short story. Okay. Like it's it's really short. All right. Um like you couldn't make from beyond the, the short story into a movie. Okay. So this is just taking the ideas of that of the short story in extrapolating in making a whole movie. Okay. Um. All right, that's more acceptable. And I I'll talk about like how how close they are after the film. That um, makes sense. I will say, if you're interested, uh, I'm not sure if this is the case for all Lovecraft stuff, but I think it might be. But From Beyond's in public domain. Oh, uh, sick. just because it's so old. And I I think the the same is said for the rest of his works. So you can just find this on like the public domain. Oh library yeah, if and you search it. From Beyond on Wikipedia. On, you know how the right-hand side has like the facts breakdown, like mm-hmm. the little tiny thing under the picture? Yeah. There's a link for full text. You can click on that. pulls up a full-text version of this story. That's where I read it. Um, Pretty There's easy? also a audio narration of it on there, Ooh. With, like 18 minutes long. Oh, wow. Damn. It's really short. It took that me, is like, really short. Maybe five minutes to read the whole story. Holy crap. Because I read a lot faster than people talk. But it's decent. Okay. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Um, just thought I should mention that. <sighs> so if you want to check that out before you watch the film or before we talk about it, um, go do that. All it's a right. it's a pretty bite sized version of HP Lovecraft, but it gives you a good um, feel for everything. Okay. But that's all I got for now. All right. I guess uh I guess we're gonna go watch From Beyond. We'll see you all in a minute. Hi everybody, welcome back. We're back from the movie. Yeah, we just finished From Beyond. What do you think, Bob? Oh uh, it was Every it was what I expected, but more. Okay, if that makes sense. Like it was everything I expected from a Lovecraft movie, but also plus some stuff. Like I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't really expecting the whole BDSM subplot that was happening. That's spoilers, Bob. You bastard, man. It's not a spoiler. I'm just saying. There yeah, was. Of, there's a lot of leather in this movie. There is. It's very horny. It's a very horny movie. Yeah. But, you know, what that, that's, that's, that's my no-spoiler description. This is a horny movie. This is a horny movie when I didn't want it to be horny. I needed it to stop being horny immediately. But it makes sense. Yes. From a scientific perspective, I, I guess it makes sense. I don't know it, if it makes, makes sense, sense from a scientific perspective. It makes sense from a movie logic perspective for this movie to be horny. <laughs> they explain it. They do explain it, but I'm just saying. It's a very horny movie. The mixture of... Like, this weird Lovecraftian horror with being horny is not a fun time. It's uh, a clash of two emotions that I do not want. But I think they go well together. Well, you know. In a horrifying way. Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I mean, I personally going in, I've never read Lovecraft, but I'm aware of the tropes of Lovecraft stories, right? At least somewhat. It, at least somewhat. I'm somewhat familiar through, you know, just osmosis. general osmosis of cop, cop, pop culture. Yeah. And it hit everything I wanted it to and had some extra stuff that I thought was cool. So, yeah, I would say I'm satisfied, Lovecraft-wise. Okay. Good yeah. good start to this category, you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a solid start. Like, it, it is a better start than what we got for Wild Wild West. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't say it's as strong as Tetsuo in terms of a start for J-Horror. Fair. But this, this is... This was more of a story, though. It was more, definitely more of a story. I would say this is pretty bog standard when it comes to your... To your cosmic Lovecraftian horrors type of films, right? It's got everything I wanted. Fair enough. I'm, not, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but like, it just it, it takes yeah. all my boxes. I guess you want to get into it. Yeah, why not? All right. So plot: these two dudes. Uh, what's the what's the the weird dude's name? Pretorius. Doctor Pretorius. Pretorius. Yes. Pretorius has this Pretorius Institute, and he has this idea to build this machine called the Resonator yep. that like creates I think a frequency yeah. that stimulates your. And here's where we had some issues. They, I think it's pineal gland. I think it's pineal or pineal. It's spelled pineal. Yeah, but what what were they saying in the movie? Were they saying pineal or pineal? <laughs> they were saying both. Yeah, depending on who said it, it was different. <laughs> Basically, it stimulates this uh, this gland in your brain, which Pretorius believed was not actually whatever science thinks it does, but yep. actually like this sensory organ that's not active in humans mm-hmm. and. Crawford, the guy working with him, gets the machine to work. Yeah, finally gets it to and actually operate. lo and behold, when the machine turns on, this weird pink light appears, and weird creatures that you can't see yeah. come into our dimension from beyond. Yeah, it's essentially like an access to the fourth dimension. Oh, yeah, but I wouldn't use the fourth dimension there. Well, fair enough. The fourth dimension time. Well, sorry, I've been... This is I. This is an, an a tangent, and I don't want to go on it right now. But basically, like I've been listening to a lot of other uh cryptid and or oh like weird creature podcasts, and they talk about the fourth dimension a lot. Oh well, the fourth dimension's time. Yeah, technically, but technically, uh, I know which t- basically it lets you see this separate part of reality that's normally unseen. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that if you can see it, it, it can, can see, see you, you, which, which is, is scary. I think a Great version of. What is it? If you gaze into the abyss, the abyss, abyss gazes into you. The abyss stares back, yeah. Um, it's very cool. Very cool concept for this for the movie, which is basically the entire premise of this movie cuz yep. when they turn the machine on, things from the other side come. Mhm. It's weird and freaky. The reason we said this movie was horny is in the movie they say that the pineal gland affects sex. It so, like regulates your sex drive. So the machine, it's causing everyone's pineal gra- gland to grow. Mhm. And it also makes everyone really horny. Unforeseen consequence. Unforeseen consequence. But, I mean, that's about it. Without, like, spoiling too much of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't really want to get into the actual, like, The only thing I'm going to say here is the creatures. First of all, pink, obviously. Yeah. But, like, slimy. Slimy. Slimy, fleshy, and a little tentacly. Yep. I liked a lot of the creature designs in I this. I did. I think they were nice. They're really fucking cool. And, uh, like, the practical effects to do them was interesting. For sure. Like I think it's some stop motion, but then they like they recorded the scene and then they put it over footage. Because mm-hmm. I assume this was recorded on film. Yeah. So basically, they just went back through and redrew on over top of the film. Yeah. Because you could do that, like the footage of these creatures moving, mm-hmm. make them fly or do stuff like that. Yeah. And it's an interesting effect. Like you, you can tell the way it's done because it's HD. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the gore practicals are fucking gnarly. It's not like realistic gore, but it's no, it's a weird, weird cosmic, slimy, horror. cosmic yeah. kind of fleshy thing. Because mm-hmm. most of the gore is these creatures doing things. So yeah. just a heads up, heavy on the body horror, which Bob isn't good with, <sighs> which I think was very surprising for him. Not surprising, but like I didn't tell him outright. This no, be and body I, horror. I wasn't, I was ready for it because it's Lovecraft stories, and that's a big thing in Lovecraft, like or in like. The cosmic horror in general was like humans transforming into something unhuman, or like being changed by what they experience, and it like uh, growing weird. Sort of. I, in my experience, at least, that's like a trope. I know. The, the the bigger trope in like Lovecraft is this idea that you're exposed to the cosmic and it drives you mad. Yeah, that's really kind of the the mm-hmm. big one. And, and we see that in this movie. Oh somewhat. yeah. Uh, I was gonna mention like the the practical effects and how cosmic-y, like body horror stuff. Looks a lot like the thing. It's yeah. Kind of that level. Except not it does. realistic flesh. Again, it's that pink, slimy stuff. It's just this weird, gross, like, ugh. And they do a really, really good job of making the creatures move in ways that are inhuman, but also make sense for the creatures to move in that way, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they the, the creatures probably don't have bones. Yeah. that tells you what we're talking about. Like, they are amorphous blob creatures, and they are fucking gross. But, I mean, I guess I got talking points. Yeah, let's... I mean, it's a pretty simple story. There's not really much to cover there. <sighs> no. I will say, before we get into talking points, do I do want to talk about... Uh, oh, my God. I forgot his name, and I asked you during the fucking movie. The guy that plays Crawford. Oh. Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs, yeah. Holy shit, that guy's a good actor. I love Jeffrey Combs. He does such a good job in this movie. But he does this really go- good job of being, like, an unhinged maniac. Yeah. But in a... Here's something we have to say, or at least I have to say. Playing a crazy person is hard. Yes. Hey, because there's different types of crazy, but, like, playing one that's unhinged in, I don't know, how would you describe it? Like, not necessarily a believable way, but, like, in a <sighs> an unhinged way? Playing something that is unhinged but believable, I guess. Because, like, I, I was buying, I bought it. Like, he Maybe. genuinely does a really fucking good job at making himself... Feel like It feels like he really did experience what we saw him experience because of the effects. Yeah. Right? I, I guess the be, that's probably the best way to put it is rather than just coming off as crazy and nonsensical, he feels unhinged, like slightly abstracted yeah. from reality. Yeah, like he's seen something he definitely shouldn't have, and- is suffering from it, and it's really, 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 really good. Yeah, he does. He, he does an awesome job. He does a, a good job of playing characters that are just slightly off, like that. He. It was so cool because there were moments where it's like, oh, he's normal, and then it would something would click, and he would just go fucking batshit in his eyes, mm-hmm. and you could tell, and it was really cool. Yeah, he's a fun actor. He's really, really good. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Bubba, my might be my favorite character from this movie. Yeah, Bubba was fun. <laughs> He's very, very good. Very, very good comedic relief because he's one of the only characters in the movie that actually is like, maybe we shouldn't touch this machine that causes us to see weird shit. Yeah, he he's funny because he's the straight man in the whole thing. Yeah, um, he's good. The character dynamic, there's basically three characters from most of the movie. It's Crawford, Dr. McMichaels, yep. and then Bubba, uh, who's just like, Bubba's the straight man. Crawford doesn't want to be there. No, absolutely not. And then... McMichaels is just... Oh, God. She's stupid a scientist. Stupid. Dumb lady. Like, I... She, maybe you'll hear it in some of the outtakes, but we are just shitting all over her decision-making because <laughs> yeah. she just does some of the dumbest stuff. It's really upsetting. No precautions. No precautions at all. All right. First kind of fun fact to talk about Okay. is the uh, pineal gland. Oh, you have so some, some I just gland facts. Got some quick definitional stuff. Mm-hmm. So, major function of it is to produce melatonin. Oh, like the stuff that helps you sleep? Yeah, it's an endocrine gland, so it does, like, uh endocrines, I believe, hormones. Okay. But, yeah, it does, uh that's the major function, it produces melatonin. But, like, the idea is used in this film of it being, like, a sensory organ comes yeah. from, like, ancient beliefs about the pineal gland, because they identified it way back in the day. It's not until recently they knew, like, oh, it's producing this chemical. Huh. Because, you know. That's more modern science. Yeah. So ancient Greeks thought it was uh, the guard of the flow of, I believe it's pronounced pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, which from what I could find is like the ancient Greek word for breath. But in this context, it kind of holds like a similar definition to like spirit or soul. Huh. Interesting. Basically, it was the gland that affected like the breath coming into your body and making you alive. Weird. Um, and then... For a while, after the ancient Greeks and, like, medieval times, they didn't think it did anything until, like, the 17th century, where some dude, I didn't get his name, but they mentioned him in the film. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, which is probably also the stuff that H.P. Lovecraft was looking at when he wrote this story. Probably. Um, but he attributed, like, mystical pro- uh, mystical properties to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they, they even mentioned, like, some people considered the pineal gland your third eye. Yeah, but basically this dude was, like, he thought it was the seed of the soul. Mm-hmm. And I assume it's this guy's writings that, like, Lovecraft looked at for inspiration. And so did okay. this movie. But that's why it's be- that gland. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What a wild... It's so wild to me that the Greeks were just like, we found this thing in your head. Yeah. That's the soul. That's the soul gland. That's the, like, life... The breath of life gland. Well, it's not the breath of life gland. It's the, the flow point for the breath Yeah, of it's life. just interesting that they came to that conclusion. Because with... it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of it. It's, like, pine cone shaped. That's why it's oh. called the pineal gland. Didn't know that. It some translation means pine, like pine cone, but it's like buried right near the brainstem. Interesting. It's just a weird thing, because most of your brain's like a big fleshy mass, and then there's this separate thing in your head. Yeah, I, it's just a very interesting conclusion to come to with the amount of science they had back then. I think that's very interesting. My only other talking point was kind of covered, but what do you think about the special effects here? Did you think they were like good? Yeah, they were really cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is, like I was saying earlier, this is, like, one of the first uh, really sci-fi horror movies we watched, aside from Halloween 3. Halloween 3. Best, best movie ever. Which I... Bob's favorite movie. Detest. It's his favorite of the uh, Halloween um, movies, actually. Uh, no. I think my favorite is still 2, actually. Um. Anyway, it's... How, how do I put this? It's sci-fi horror in the way that I think I've never experienced, because it's 80s sci-fi horror. So it's that, like... What, that weird level of, like, pseudoscience yeah. and, like, crazy, wacky technology, that's just, like, it's insane. Yeah, so, that like, this film has a lot of mysticism to the pseudoscience, yeah. like, fourth dimensional stuff, mm-hmm. which Bob brought up during the movie, and I told him to wait, because I was going to say, that's kind of a Lovecraftian thing. It's cool. Because, like, in, in Lovecraft, basically, the idea is, oh, there's this weird cosmic, cosmology, like, horror stuff. Mm-hmm but it's not fantasy it's like oh there's these gods and stuff all like that but they're all like aliens mm-hmm. you know and so that's kind of like what's happening in this movie is yeah it, there's this weird d- creatures coming from another dimension into ours but it's all science it's just really interesting to me seeing uh something like this formed from a non like mystical or i guess non fantastical perspective of oh no this is just straight up science guys yeah it's really, really cool. Yeah, I guess that's my point. It's like it blends those two things together. Yeah, which is something genre. I've never really experienced in a movie, and I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the idea that uh, kind of like the more you saw, the worse it got? Yeah. So in the movie, for anyone who hasn't watched it at this point, each time they activate the machine, their pineal gland gets a little bit more stimulated, it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and so they're affected more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you even see it like I mean, there's the the real bad one. But you can actually see it like early on on the on their foreheads. It gets a like, little bump. It you can see it like you get a little bump where it's like trying to come out through their skull. Yeah, because it's growing so big. Because it's getting so big, and that is foul. Did you like that idea though? That like. Yeah, I do because like I once again another trope in Lovecraft stories and cosmic horror in general is the idea of going mad but it building over time over exposure. Yeah. So the idea that they're being permanently changed by this exposure is, I guess, like, symbolic of the madness. It fits with, like, your kind of understanding of Lovecraft. Yeah, it fits my feeling of the movie, yeah. Like, the feeling of Lovecraft is translated well because of that thing, I guess. All right. (sighs) That's all my talking points here for post-movie stuff. Okay. I think the only thing I have left is kind of do some comparisons between uh, the story. Yeah, I'm really curious what the short story's like because that was an hour and a half movie. Yeah. And you said, like, the audiobook is 18 minutes or whatever. Yeah, but you could read it in like five. Yeah, I was but gonna say, if you want to read it really, quick, we could pause. <laughs> um, no, I think um, I'm good. No, Bob's like I no reading. No, I don't want to read. Reading right sucks. Now. I like to read. You know that. He's lying. I'm, Anyways, okay. all right, It's bitch. So it's super short. Yeah, super short. Only two characters. Like only two. Only two. Okay. Basically, this dude goes over to his friend's house, and the guys cr- constructed a resonator and. The whole story is he's sitting down with his friend. His friend turns on the machine, and we get to see this guy's perspective of what he sees. That's it? That's it. Wow. How everything wraps up with basically the machine being turned off. I will say this: the short story is basically the cold open okay. of this film. That makes sense. And it's it's pretty well done. Yeah. I You know, it's, it's a pretty good short story, and I think they did a good job of expanding upon it to get this. Uh, they did a good job of referencing stuff. Uh, the, the pineal gland stuff comes from the short story. See, that's that's nice. Uh, the idea of if you move, it sees you. That's from the short story, that's too? That's specifically from the short story. That's really cool. Um, to in a, a very large extent. Like, in the mm. short story, if you move at all, the things see you. But as long as you're still, you're completely fine. Oh, God. That's, like, that's one of the scariest, like, tropes in media about monsters is if they don't move, they can't see you. Yeah. Because, like, there are so many... There's so much high tension if a monster can't see you, but it's right on top of you. Mm-hmm. And playing with that in a movie with like this, where it's like cosmic horror, where the monsters are just unbelievably disgusting and, and that's gross. Thing, you can still see it. You can still Which see is it. Which horrifying in and itself. And that's tra- tragically horrible. But uh, I'd just say go go watch it. It's, or not go watch it, go read it. Yeah, if it's that short of a read, I don't see why you shouldn't read it. If it you it's know. one of the shorter H.P. Uh, Lovecraft short stories. Additionally, not really any offensive material in this one. Oh, um, nice. That's kind of a concern sometimes with Lovecraft stuff is that <laughs> yeah. the content of the stories can be outdated, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. He was. Uh, he had some opinions. Yeah. Which, Jesus Christ, we're not going to get into on we're this podcast. We're not getting it. We're not. I'm not unpacking H.P. Lovecraft's horrible racism that's on this its, podcast. That's its own thing. I'm sure someone else out there has a podcast about how racist he was. Like well, he's just an interesting dude cuz like he was into some wild stuff. Yeah, I mean with with the stories he wrote, I'm sure he had some really really out there beliefs. Like if he's right if he write, if he's writing stuff like this, I'm sure he believed in some crazy shit. But yeah, that's it. That's all I got. There's not really a lot to discuss here. It's a very simple story. No, and I like the movie, I mean. Yeah. And it's basically all the experience of watching it why I don't want to describe too much and get into the nitty gritty yeah because there's something I really really want to talk about but it's a major spoiler because I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna lay a spoiler here now I expected this whole movie to take place around the resonator mm-hmm. and the second half of this movie takes a turn and you leave that place yeah you leave the house and go somewhere else and to see the ramifications of like their how the actions have been affected yes is, is very very cool I mean that's how the movie starts though, like yeah. the cold open is with the resonator, mm-hmm. and then it's the fallout of that away from yep. the place, and you basically get that again, except this time with different characters. Yeah, because Bubba McMichael and Bubba Crawford Michael Bubba Brownlee, his name's Bubba Brownlee, and Dr. her name McMichael. is Michael Doctor Ma- Bubba McMichael. Yeah, but it's, and it's Bubba and McMichael. Well, there are three of them. Yeah, Bubba McMichael and Crawford. That's what I, that's what I just said. Yeah, but you weren't saying it right. Oh my lord. It was the intonation. Anyway, but seeing how their actions at the resonator impact their like what happens outside while they're away from it is very, very cool because we see that the resident the resonator has sort of taken up its own sort of like power, I guess. And it's really cool to have this contained area where crazy shit is happening. I think it's more accurate to say that the resonator has resonated with what it's supposed to, but some of the effects are permanent yes on the machine yeah i just i like the idea of a, local, a localized weird phenomenon and then expanding upon what that has on that what all problems that causes outside of the localized area i guess and i enjoy that at least that was what i was saying i that was my spoiler is that they don't spend the whole time in the house with the resonator even though the resonator does look really cool and really sci-fi i guess i, I think it, it looks cool it just got these giant tuning forks sticking out the top of it and it's, it's like, like an orb it's got like the, uh, you know, those like weird electrical fields used to touch as a kid, yeah. That, like shark out, like arc out and shock you whenever you go to touch them. I guess one of those. It Looks like that. I guess you want to do recommendations and rating. Sure, recommendations. Big, big recommend if you're into sci-fi. I think this is a good sci-fi horror movie in my opinion. Like, I think this leans harder into sci-fi than it does into horror. In okay. My, in my mind, at least, gives me the monster reminds me very much of the monster from Slither. Oh, i Pink was flesh say the monster, thing. the thing too. Let me think. Uh, if you're into like VFX at all, this movie has some of the wildest VFX I think I've ever seen in a They're film. Pretty decent, like not the most amazing thing ever. Like, uh, there's a scene, and I I looked at a corpse, and I went, "That's the gnarliest practical we've seen in a while." In a while, yeah. But it uses a bunch of different techniques. That's what I'd say. And it's really cool. And also, like, th- there's a lot of cool stop motion stuff. Yeah, that's how a lot of the creatures move. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on top of that, there's a lot of weird body horror stuff that I wasn't expecting that was not necessarily scary, just really cool. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'd say the big recommendation here is if you like some body horror and you want to see some good practical effects delving into I, that, I think this is a good one Check move, that yeah. out. You know, if you're a fan of the thing, in the same vein, kind of. Yeah. The other one, though, is if you want to see a Lovecraft adaptation, and a, a pretty heavily, I don't know, in the spirit of a Lovecraft work, yeah. this one, like, it's not a scene-for-scene scene adaptation, because mm. a scene-for-scene adaptation would probably be, like, a... Uh, short, yeah, like know, I would say, five ten minute short, yeah, and um this is kind of a good way to take that and expand upon it. I would say this is a very good extrapolation of what I think could have, like, what a longest version of that story could be. I like how you keep saying that, and you've never read any Lovecraft. Well, no, I'm saying based on what you told me about. I know uh, what I you just told think me about funny. the story. I think that this is a pretty good extrapolation based on what I know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty decent. Yeah, it's cool. There's some artistic liberties, but. Yeah, it fits the the vibe. We didn't even get into like all the BDSM gear and stuff. That's a yeah, whole that's separate a whole issue. thing we're not gonna unpack. Yeah, there, again, there's so much of this movie. It's super simple. Like mm-hmm. nothing happens really. Yeah, it's just a visual thing. Like the whole movie's visual, basically. Because it's, it's so see. weird. Yeah, because it's cosmic horror. Um, recommendations? Like uh, not recommendations. Rating? Okay, this is where I'm feeling a little tough because I liked it. Yeah, but it was not the most impressive thing I've ever seen. No, three and a half. Yeah, I think that's where I'm sitting on this. That's one. That's where I'm at too. Because, like, like I said before, it takes every box I want from a Lovecraft like adaptation. I think it had everything I wanted, and then it threw some stuff on top of that by having, like, by having Bubba just be like funny, funny and entertaining, which well, was so weird because I'm used to him from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, you were saying that, and it's the exact opposite like characterization. Yeah. Uh, But having him there to, like, break up the weird cosmic horror that's happening is really cool. I like the practicals. I think some of them look insane. There's also some really weird visual stuff they do because they did this on film where they have the ability to draw over stuff. That's really cool. painted laser arrays. Yeah, they're really cool. I think... And also, like, I'm a fan of sci-fi. So seeing a cool sci-fi horror movie like this is just a bonus for me. Fair. So, yeah, 3.5. I think it's a pretty solid movie. Yeah, I'm at a a 3.5 too because, like, I think it's a well executed adaptation for I sure think. uh a lot of the actors give it their all especially jeffrey combs he just such a good kills job. it it's a great job the practical effects are all pretty decent um i mean like they're not the most realistic thing ever and if you're not into practical effects you're not gonna like this movie no um but they they're fun mm-hmm. and they're slimy and they're gross and they're just what you want for this kind of gross cosmic body horror movie oh what are Fleshy the and most pink that's the way i'm gonna describe it yeah one of the most like coolest practicals they did was the thing uh in the basement yeah that's a really cool one that i had mentioned but that's like pretty top yeah but like I, well i think it hit all the points and i think they all did a good job which you know gives it that extra 0.5 it's kind of a nothing movie yeah it it is like the fact that we sat here and we were like s- stretching for things to talk about yeah i mean there's some weird undertones and stuff but nothing happens in this movie it's not that it's like a nothing movie. It's that it's very, it's not memorable. It's very forgettable. No, it, basically the script follows exactly what you know is going to happen. Exactly. It's a very much a movie where you go in, you know what you're expecting and it hits all of it, but does a slightly better job than you expect. Yeah. It, but it does all the points that are going to happen in the first 30 seconds. It's yep. like, boom, I know what's going to happen, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can't, I can't give it more than a 3.5 for that. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing really super surprising. Like it's a it's a fun watch. The only surprising thing that happens—that's about it—is something that I'm not even going to talk about. Yeah. So um. So that's yeah, all I got. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll see you all after the outtakes, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review from Beyond so far. I really like this movie. It's a weird sci fi horror adventure. But without further ado, let's get into the first outtake. This first outtake comes to us from the very beginning of the movie, and it is Ben and I's reaction to the first time we see Crawford turn the resonator on. Can't I coke on that desk? Oh no, the coke! and got blown away by the wind. Whoa! Hey, Bob. Yo, those are cool. Good point thing out, I grabbed the trash can. <laughs> oh, F off. Oh, Oh! Oh my god! He just got bit by an extra-dimensional worm! What is happening, Benjamin? I don't know. I describe it as more of an eel. An extra dimensional eel! There we go. Oh! Oh, it went away when he turned it off. Whoa, what a whack ass machine! It summons extra dimensional eels? What a weird movie. This has been and I's reaction to learning that Pretorius' house number is something a little bit nefarious. The front door is also just open. Nothing is good about this, Bob. Oh my god, the house number is 666. Jesus Christ. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> This next clip is Ben and I reacting to learning that apparently Crawford is a magician. Where the fuck did he go? What, he just, like, magically disappeared, what the hell? How does Bubba not know where he is? What? They were standing right next to each other. This next clip is me and Ben reacting to Bubba learning the lesson that it's probably not a good idea to touch the extra-dimensional jellyfish. Oh, there's, like, jellyfish and shit, too. Holy shit. He's moving. No, why are you moving? Bubba, you fucking idiot. Bubba, don't touch it. Definitely don't touch it. Oh! Oh, it became real and it bit the fuck out of him! Oh, my lord! This is Ben and I's reaction to a very, very gross encounter with Dr. Pretorius. No, don't do that. Don't touch him. It was wo- all oh, wet, old man ass. Bob's favorite. Jesus Christ. Cr- <laughs> shut up. No. Good Lord. Don't touch him. Look at how wet he looks. <laughs> I like how that's your issue. Not that he's I'm- a weird ghost zombie thing from another dimension. No, he just looks gross and wet. I'm just not into it, man. Oh. He gooped inwards. He's like weirdly fleshy. Oh. oh! What the hell is wrong with... This guy, This guy's... Oh, it's like... It's mo- moving. Off. Jesus Christ, I hate this. Yeah, I didn't tell you this is a body oh. horror movie. Oh! Is, you're going to shoot a ghost? Well, I don't think it's a ghost. Oh, my Lord! <laughs> it's real. Oh! This next clip is Ben and I reacting to what's down in the basement. That isn't creepy. That's fucking foul. Baba, put some clothes on. Oh! That's a worm. There's a worm defending the circuit breaker! It's got teeth. Oh, shit. Oh, the vibrations must reach down in, like, a straight line. And oh, so out. yeah. Yeah. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to Bubba struggling to turn off the resonator. This movie is fucking foul. <laughs> Can you tell why I picked it now? <laughs> oh, well, Bubba's got a knife. Bubba's got a knife. <laughs> that worm is sick as hell, though. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, my lord. Well, there he goes for the kiss. This is cosmic as hell. <laughs> Bubba! Go, Bubba! <laughs> Get him, Bubba! Uh, well, well, it—I—it <laughs> it slimed. It, it helped. Just, just turn it off. Oh, you—no, he tripped you on the fool. tail. That wasn't his fault. Oh! oh! It's fully on there. It's got like a fu- Oh my God! Uh, well, <sighs> is Crawford. Crawford dead? Bubba, get him! Bubba, save him! You know what? Bubba, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. To be honest, though, I'd probably, uh, probably stop. Oh, you can just unplug it like that. Yeah, Real MVP right there. (laughs) This next clip is our reaction to the death of Bubba. May he rest in peace. Oh, they've been pulled off of Bubba. Ah, there goes Bubba. No, come on. Don't let Bubba die. Bubba's saving the day. Okay, well, they both got shocked. Bubba's, Bubba's screwed. Oh, my God. The bugs are eating his clothes and everything, bro. Oh, they've eaten Bubba to the bone. Except his head. Oh. I think he's okay. I think he's okay. Oh, my God. That is gnarly as hell. That might be one of the most, like, in-depth practicals we've seen in a movie in a while. It's pretty good. And it looks... Oh! Oh! Oh, bro, he's freaking out. Oh, because his pineal gland is probably getting massive. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to Dr. McMichael's having something that she definitely should not have. Title of the episode, Bubba did not deserve that. Oh, it's fucking dynamite. Don't know where she got that. That's like dynamite with like a fucking like electric timer and everything. That is like a cartoon bomb. But where did she get it? I don't know. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I'm sure there were quite a few. I don't. I think we probably spoiled more things in the outtakes than we actually did during our discussion. I was just thinking about that because there. I definitely say some crazy things. But I mean, just <laughs> this a weird one's hard. Part of this movie is, it's all visual. Yep. And so if we talk about the things that are super cool in this movie, you will ruin it. You won't have a good time if you go watch this movie. Yeah. Which sucks because like I want to talk about them because they're pretty cool. But, and that's the big part of this movie. You know. But, but whatever. <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. Uh, do we have any announcements, Benjamin? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know the specifics here because it hasn't happened yet. But after our recording of this episode, uh, we have someone coming over eventually. He'll be here. To help us record a guest episode. Another guest episode, which so I'm excited about. That's coming out sometime in the near future, yeah. I Probably Tell on a Saturday would be what I want to release it, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You'll see Saturdays it when, when are it comes out. Our release for stuff like that. Yeah, I think he literally just fucking texted me back. Okay, we're yeah, he's gonna be yeah, we're good. Okay, well that's gonna come out soon. Otherwise, you know, we're in everywhere you get your podcasts now. So we are Spotify, and that's awesome. Apple, some other things. Yeah, so uh, check us out there. Uh, we're still on YouTube if you ever want to, like, watch us on YouTube for some reason and not on Spotify. Listen, some people like YouTube for podcasting. I don't know why. but I don't either. Whatever works for you. Yeah. You, you can kind of resonate with us wherever you are. <laughs> God damn it. Every fucking episode. I never know when you're going to get your bid in for the outro. It's so funny. Otherwise, you know, check us out on Twitter, that's kind of where we're doing all our social media stuff. Bob posts things if you want to explain about that, Bob. Yeah, so check us out on Twitter. At Beware the Board. I post every Friday a link to the episode when it goes live. On all... I post... Listen, it's gotten complicated these tweets, okay? What what if we're posting on Saturday? Do you post then too? I do post. Anytime an episode goes live I post on it. (gasps) Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, it's great. But basically, I've broken down these tweets into I'll have a Spotify link, an Apple Podcast link and then a link to the YouTube video. So, you know, you can just click on the link. It takes you right to the episode instead of having to go through a bunch of bullshit. We also have our link tree up there. So if you want to get to any of our stuff. Yeah, we have a link tree that's in our Twitter bio on our YouTube channel. If you want to get to any of our platforms that we're on, go to the link tree. It's all there, linked perfectly, set up for you, ready to go. Uh, I also post on Mondays, I post a spoiler post for... Friday's episode, or in this case, Friday and Saturday's episode. Any episode's coming out that week. Yeah, I post a spoiler post, so you can reveal the photo to see what movie we're watching, and then watch it beforehand, so you don't have anything spoiled during the movie, if you want. And you can, like, make sense of what we're talking about when we lightly hint at things. Like, we're yeah. doing almost the entirety of this episode. Because we don't want to spoil how cool some things are. Yeah. let think. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. You know, have, have a good week. We'll yeah. see you next time. We'll see you next week, everybody.